This week, um, we don't have an interview, um, so we're going to do something a little different. Exactly. Cultural differences. Yes. Yeah, so we thought um, we've both been living here in Brazil for a while, and we thought we would maybe discuss some of the things that we notice when we first come to Brazil in terms of how things are different, how it, things are the same. Not necessarily quality evaluation, because you can't say one thing is better than the other. Things are just different. It's part of the culture. How long have you been here, Jerry? Well, well I've, I've been here for 12 years. I've been here for 12 years. Because okay. I spent two years in Argentina. The best way I describe Argentina people is that melancholy that you hear in uh, tango. Mm. That is basically the soul of the people there. I don't know. So it sounds like the complete opposite to the personality of the typical Brazilian then. Because exactly. For me, the first thing that always strikes me about um, coming, well, the first thing that did strike me when I came to Brazil was just how friendly everybody is here. Exactly. And, and how genuinely interested people seem to be in, in, in you. They want to know about you. Exactly. And, and I think that's a very good thing. It is. And they, they have so much energy is the other thing. I mean, if I compare them to your typical British person, okay. you, you, you meet them, and particularly if you're in a big city like London, right. you know, everybody's very much keeping to their own space. They avoid eye contact. They've got their earphones on if they're on the metro. They generally try not to talk to strangers unless it's... Uh, you know, at the end of the evening, they've all had a few drinks and there's but, something going on. But is that something cultural that you don't want to talk to strangers? Why don't they talk to strangers? It's um, it's just the way we are. We are very closed in that respect. We, I, I, I don't know whether it's... Dist a, distant, I would say. I think it's about... Partly it's about respecting the other person's right to silence, I think. Okay, so um, it's partly out of respect, but... On the flip side, that's a little bit boring. It's extremely boring. And when you come to Brazil, <laughs> I mean, everybody is so open and so engaging and so friendly. I always remember, do you remember Crocodile Dundee? I'm showing my yes. age here. But yes. if you remember the first Crocodile Dundee movie, one of the gags was that you had this bushman who um, has very sort of used to living in a very small community. And he goes to New York and he starts walking down Fifth Avenue and he starts saying hello to everybody he meets, you know. Hey, right. good day, son. I'm going to be here in town for the next few days and uh, yes. hope to catch you in the bar for a few tinnies later. Yes, he tries to talk to everybody and there's just too many people. Exactly. And it, and it seems to be a little bit like that here, you know. We're in a big city and yet everybody naturally engages with the people around them, even if they've never right. met them before. It's just part of the nature of um, the social nature of people here. And I think that's very refreshing. And yes. I, I, I really appreciate that personally. And that's good. But on the other, uh, let's say the flip side of that is that sometimes people want a bit more privacy and then they can't have it because everybody's talking to them. Exactly. But in general, I prefer the Brazilian people and the Brazilian way. I agree. I, okay. I, I would definitely say that. Okay. One, one thing that, that I noticed that was different for me is birthdays. Birthdays? Birthdays. Birthdays in Brazil. Nevers. Yes. So uh, birthdays in Brazil, uh, very loud, first of all. Yeah, well, everything <laughs> in Brazil is loud. I, d I don't know if you noticed that. I mean, Every, well, Everything's loud, yes. So why are birthdays loud? So uh, birthdays are loud because, well, part of it comes from the songs they sing. Ah. So, uh, you know, and, and everybody's clapping. And, and then you get to things like a piqui, a piqui, a ora, ora, okay. and all that stuff right. that I never and, understand what to say. Go on. And actually... Until today, I've been here for quite a while, and until today, I still don't really know exactly everything that they sing in that part of Baines, probably say. Yeah. That's about as far as I go. And then, uh, order, order. I, I just clap and yeah. smile a lot and <laughs> chant. It looked like I'm saying something, singing something. 
It's difficult. Now compare that, let's say, to uh, a United States birthday party, where we'll see. And I'm going to sing this so you can hear some differences. So, <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> oh my God. I, I might just I, have to I'm, I'm excuse not, myself for a I'm, moment here. I'm not a great singer, but I'll, I'll give it a go. So, uh, the, first of all, the traditional way mm. when you you know the person but you respect the person. All right. So, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> I know that bit. Happy birthday to Fulano. Mm. Happy birthday to you. Now, if that is your relative, you might want to give it a twist or a best friend. And then you'd say something like this. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. You look like a monkey and you smell like one too. That's 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 um, that's a different take, isn't it? Yes. Well, that's a different. Story. We, we used to have some when we were kids. We used to have versions like squash tomatoes and stew or stuff like that. But oh, okay. I, I, calling people a monkey these days is quite <laughs> it's quite radical. Actually, I'm not sure we can get away with that. But um, well, or you could insert monkey with I don't know uh, uh, hippo or baboon. A, anything like that. <laughs> Basically, in two syllable word will work. Okay. All right. Do you do that here in Brazil when you're singing to, you know, your your mother-in-law? I, you look like a monkey. No. <laughs> no, but my daughter knows it. She's five years old, and she knows that version, so she sings it sometimes, too. All right. What I was going to say regarding the, the celebration themselves, mm. in the United States, basically, you when it's your birthday, people want to take everything off of your shoulders and do things for you because it's your day. Ah, right. So the idea is because it's your day, you don't have to do anything. Right. So then somebody goes out, they get your cake, they get flowures, they organize the party, and that's it. But here, you're expected to give a party for everybody else. Right. Well, I must have disappointed a lot of people because I've never held a birthday party. Oh, okay. So then... So they must think I'm a right miserable old sod. Yeah, well, that's, that is interesting. I mean, um, I, I did live in the States, but I, I don't remember going to any birthday parties there. So it's all okay. new to me. So staying with the social side, I don't want to give the impression I'm an alcoholic or everything, anything, but um, I spend a lot of my time in bars. I like drinking. I like the drinking culture. This is what I'm used to in England. The bar culture was always very strong. The, the it, bar culture? Yeah, well, with the pub culture, as we call it in England. Okay, so what, what would you understand under pub culture? So, you, I mean, just you just go to a bar and well, you the, a pub? the pub was the place people socialized. Okay. So it became, it, it used to be the, the center of the community, actually. The people really? wanted to, if you had a small village, maybe the village had one or possibly two pubs, and then everybody in the village on a Saturday night would go down to this one location and... It was the you know the heart of the community, and so so it wasn't the church because let's say in Midwest United States the church would be the center exactly, and in in old England the church used to be the center too. Do you just drink beer there, or do you do other activities? It depends actually. Um, depends on the type of pub because each pub has its own sort of target clients, I guess. Okay. So there are certain pubs where different age groups grow. And then from the pub, because of the uh, the licensing laws and the pubs close early, then, um, then people used to go to the nightclub. Okay, but see. now that you say something that's interesting. You mentioned the licensing laws. What time do the pubs have to close in general? Well, nowadays, you can apply for an extension. You can apply to be open okay. 24 hours. Until okay. about 15 years ago, the bars used to close at 11. 11. So which is very early. So... People go out much earlier in England because right. of that. The consequence is you'd probably go out at like 8 or something like so that. So people would go out even earlier sometimes, seven. you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock, and then you drink it a lot because you've only got three hours until the pub's closed. Right. So right. it encourages binge drinking. 
And then maybe people go onto a nightclub or they go onto a curry house, which is the traditional thing to do after what's, you've what's drunk. What's a, a curry house? Is the, that a in, Indian restaurant to you. Ah, okay, nice. Here, people go out much later. The bar will be open. Basically to, the to whole night, time, yeah. Or you've got the option of nightclubs too. Nice. But um, in, in ter- anyway, in terms of the actual the way they're set up in England, um, we are always used to standing in the bar. And if anybody's ever been to London or somewhere, they will know that it's quite hard to get served a drink. And you have to go to the bar every time you want a drink. Then you have to throw, wave your 20-pound note or whatever and catch his attention and get your order in. And then he will prepare the He'll drinks. Serve you. He'll serve you there while you wait. And then you personally have to carry the drinks back to the group that you're buying a round for, because we tend to buy drinks for everybody, and mm-hmm. we call that a round. Now, obviously, here, it's very different, because here, for a start, everybody tends to sit. So if you're in a group of 10 or 12 people, then probably you're going to be sat next to the same person all night. Now, personally, I don't like that so much. I like the sort of fluid movement of being able to stand with my drink, and then you can interact and socialize with lots of different people. And then the other difference, of course, is that the, the bar here um, you have a tab, and then you have to pay the tab when you leave. So if you're at a busy right. bar, there can be a great line of people. Right. And um, then people always complain that the tab never is, never is correct. There's always a little bit extra on than, than what you expected. Exactly. And once you're drunk, you got to remember what everybody had, and what's this, and who had this, and how much do you owe, and how much... And it gets very complicated. It's difficult, yeah. So I think there's pluses and minuses to both systems. But sure. I, I, I personally prefer the British system. It's, um, it's what I'm used to, and it's... It's more conducive also to doing what we call a pub crawl. A pub crawl, which is what? Which is basically visiting several bars or pubs in the same evening, usually in the same location. So if you've got a street with six different pubs in it, then you can go from one to the other to the other. But, but and you a, have a drink in each, and then you don't have to pay up at the end each time. It's but, much but easier. Let's say, okay, but crawl is – that's – Basically, ingachinar. That, that's what little children do. Yes. So are you saying that you, you drink so wildly much you're actually crawling that's, from one... That's what's implied, point. isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it is. Yes, uh, that's probably where it gets his name, unfortunately, <laughs> yes. 